Welcome. Welcome to Generation Tech. I'm Todd Brinker. This is the podcast that brings you tech talk across generations. I'm here with my dad as always. Jack, how you doing? Just fine, Todd. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. That's great. Glad to be back on air. We skipped a week. You had some things you needed to take care of, so uh, so we we sat out last week, but we're back. We're back, yep. baby. So, um, yeah, yeah, good I've day. Had, I've had a lot of company this last week, so I've been busy and yeah, uh, whatever. But uh, that gave the uh, WWDC uh, news time to kind of settle out, mm-hmm. figure out uh, what's the. Uh, primary benefits of lots of things it was a lot more there than you think when you watch the show because it seemed to go by too fast you know mm-hmm. yeah that was my sense well i mean I, it seemed like it was a long a long keynote i mean it went for an, over an hour and a half but um you know i mean i sat and watched it live and to be honest it, i i probably walked away from it with the least amount of enthusiasm or interest that I have from any WWDC in recent history. But I will say over the course of the week, that kind of percolated. Um, I also watched their um, State of the Union address, which is a uh, sort of more technical talk about what's going on with their technologies and what they're, what they're, you know, a deeper dive into some of the stuff that they sort of talk about very uh, limited sense in the, in the, um, keynote and this year even that was not particularly in depth i thought there was it was just um you know well first of all let's just say right off the top a lot of people had talked about maybe some different announcements in terms of hardware there was no hardware so it was all software and it was all operating systems so it was and there wasn't any new operating systems it was just upgrades to existing operating systems and and what that means um but but, we got Got that in spades, though. Yeah, we got quite a bit. We got quite a bit. Um, one of those things that got a lot of updates is FaceTime. Um, FaceTime is uh, a major upgrade to the way it works with groups. But I think the most significant thing was the fact that they are now going to support FaceTime in a browser window, which means you can send links out to people to join you on a FaceTime meeting. And even if they don't have iOS, if they have a browser, it'll launch in their browser window. And so you can now have people who have Android devices and Windows devices and Chrome devices join you in FaceTime conversations. So they're finally kind of getting parity with somebody like the Zoom folks. I wonder if you can send those same me- same kind of messages to some Apple guy, and if it just then, it, instead of going to the browser, it just pops up the uh, FaceTime app. I'm pretty sure it would. Uh, you know, why would they... Uh, uh, you know, you know, force you to you the can, browser. That that way, you can just uh, while you're sending out yeah. stuff, you can just have the whole list and not worry about who's got what. Yeah, you know? I'm sure that's how it works. But I mean, we'll you know, time will tell as it comes out uh, with the new version of uh, you know iOS and uh, and Mac OS and iPad OS. Um, but but to, but to say it's just a Zoom competitor is uh, skipping to in in my way of thinking the the real uh one one other thing or two other things that apple does that make we we will have to figure out just how important it is mm-hmm. but if it but if it works as advertised the uh 
the tracking, uh, uh, if you're using a wide angle uh, phone. No, it only works, that, that, that person tracking only works on the new iPad Pros. It's not available and does not work on any other devices. Oh, okay. So I Specific that's hardware. Gotta, that, that, that will be on the 13 phone then for sure. Because, Probably. Uh, that, you know. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that that coupled with the uh, with the audio uh, spatial audio, like is one the mm-hmm. best des- description I have for it. Although they call it something else, but anyway, uh, that that's supposed to make it seem a lot more like you're right there with the folks. And, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, the audio quality is, in Zoom is relatively good i i know some people who do podcasting have switched to using zoom for their podcasts rather than skype like we use um and for those who are wondering you know we would we're both mac people we would use facetime but facetime because of all their security things there's no good hooks to uh set it up for for recording the conversations which just basically says we can't use it which is too bad because you used to be able to use it and it was pretty good generally better than skype in terms of you know making good connections and 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 not having any dropouts and sound quality, um, yeah. But uh, you know Apple's making choices and they just didn't work for us uh, at well, that time. Doesn't mean that they won't create some hooks later that are now secure hooks, right? Exactly. That's the way I figured it's coming. You know, you know mm-hmm. it's coming. It's just a matter. I mean, this this is the the new world of software, and right. uh, they have to be in it. You know. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. I mean, some of the stuff is just catch-up stuff. Like they're doing now portrait mode in the FaceTime app. So what that means right. is is that your background will be blurred while you're talking to somebody, so they don't necessarily see a clear uh, preview of what's behind you in your room. And yeah. a lot of people use that. That's built into Zoom. That's built into Skype. Um, you know, now they're adding that into FaceTime as well. So some of it's catch-up stuff. But yeah. you know, the spatial audio is kind of unique to them, and we'll see how important that turns out to be. Um, it yeah. certainly makes a difference in the sound of listening to music and and movies um, on the uh, in the Apple world. Um, I think it makes them, you know, it gives you that sense of of sort of 3D sound, for lack of a better word. Um, yeah. You know, it's basically running through Dolby Atmos, which is what uh, what you get in a lot of movie theaters now. The um, yeah. one thing they're saying they're going to do also better is um, better voice isolation, and that you can toggle it on or off but that you're going to be able to isolate the um the sounds of the person who's speaking in excuse me in in a room so when you're talking um to them and it's interesting because they're doing this in just regular rooms too like um like you can use your your airpods pro for uh you know almost like a um a hearing aid uh and they and they talked about that but now they're also using that same technology in facetime to get better uh, sounds uh, voice isolated from the from the background noise, which I think is also a uh, that can be turn out to be a very useful thing at some point. Um, yeah, it's 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 a typical uh, new technology development. Uh, uh, the uh, all the people that want to play are out there ahead of Apple, but Apple comes along and they says, well, instead of just the basics, we're going to throw in a lot of fine tuning yeah. that makes a difference you know yeah yeah they do a lot of qualitative things that you know they're not going to necessarily compete on having the most features but their features are going to at least they try to set up their features so that they work you know they just work you don't have to do anything to make them work and they and they make the overall experience more pleasant um 
Yeah, the last thing that was sort of on the list in terms of uh, uh, FaceTime updates was SharePlay. And this is something where, again, they're sort of just catching up in some instances because uh, Zoom has allowed you to share uh, some of this stuff before, but they're going, again, a little bit further in that you can click on a link and basically start up a, a movie simultaneously so that you can then, you know, if you're sitting in your house and you've got family members sitting somewhere else in their house, you guys can all watch a movie together uh, on Disney, Hulu, HBO Max, and TikTok, um, and obviously Apple stuff, and share the video stream so that you guys can all watch it together and uh, yeah. and talk about the movie while it's while it's playing, yeah. or, or pause the movie yeah. if somebody has to get up and run to the bathroom, right? Um, yeah, well, with, with, with all the noise about the subscribe-type services, they didn't say anything about, what if I just bring up a, a, a spreadsheet or a... Uh, other stuff off my desktop. It was not mentioned, as far as I could tell. Um, they they did have a thing where you could share your desktop, so that like if I we're, we're talking, I could then share you with my screen, so you could see what it was. And there was also a, a thing where they showed a shared uh, whiteboard, so there was just a white screen where I could draw on it, and then you could draw on it, and so it was like shared space. And I thought oh, yeah. that that looked kind of interesting. That you could was, do like remote brainstorming. Yeah. But the other thing I was thinking about is most of my conferences, they have some kind of uh, non-subscription-type uh, uh, videos associated with them. Uh, some will, someone will play a DVD or something that's a mm -hmm. desktop service, you know. Uh, and if that's the only way you have it, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. will you be able to do that? Yeah. You know? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I um, The... I mean, just the word DVD to Apple is like, that's that's old stuff. We don't care about that. Right. You know? I would guess they're not going to do anything with any old technologies. They're going to integrate all of their technologies, which are the newest, newest, latest, greatest in their mind, right? And, right. Uh, and then, yeah, there won't be anything from, from uh, you know, any kind of past technologies at all. And uh, yeah. And I wouldn't expect it. So, so there was something they talked about, and I have my doubts about how it's going to work because I think, just on the surface, it seemed like there was too much, too much work in trying in, in terms of trying to set it up. I wonder how many people are really going to use it, but maybe I'm wrong. We'll see how it actually plays out. And that was the thing called the different focus modes. So right now they have do not disturb, and and it's okay to disturb, right? And like I have mine set to go into do not disturb at night to go into sleep mode so that my phone doesn't make noises and beep and gurgle at me all night every time a message or an email comes in. Yeah, um, well that that's a that's an operating system thing that's separate from the uh FaceTime. Oh yeah, no, I've moved on. I've moved oh, on okay. from FaceTime to focus mode. And okay. but now instead of just having uh you know like uh do not disturb and it's okay to disturb, they have additional modes like right. work mode and personal mode and sleep mode. And essentially what you can do is you can, for each mode, create a list of what's allowed to happen during that time. So if you're in work mode, uh, you know, you block most like unimportant emails or you'll, ha you know, if you're in vacation mode, it will block work emails, you know, and it's, it's, it'd be interesting to see how it actually works and what, and how hard it is to customize that. Because I have a feeling that, that you know, a few nerds are going to love it, but a lot of the, most of the world's going to go. I, I I'm not messing with that. You know, I'll just mute yeah. it when I I'll mute it when I don't want to be bothered, and I'll unmute it when it's okay to bother me. 
Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and part of that is, I guess, you can take notifications and you can batch them together, and tell them to tell it say that you know uh, uh, certain notifications coming from certain services or devices. You you know just put them all together in a lump and then send them to me every day at like five o'clock or something, and that way then at that time or at three o'clock or you know whatever I'll sit down and go through the list at that point in time. Uh, right. And that's not bad, but again, you know, it's going to require that you sit down and spend some time tagging things and saying, hey, this is one of the things I don't want to get regularly. Just put it in a batch and I'll catch it later. And so, you know, because they're not going to know what those are until you tell them. So you have to set it up. And I just I just wonder how many people are going to spend time setting that up. You know, well, for for a retired guy that had zero interest to me. But yeah, I understand, you know, when I was working, that yeah. that would have been good stuff. Yeah, well, I think there's a lot of people who, whether they're retired or not, there's people who tend to like compartmentalize their life in terms of what they're doing, and they want to, you know, focus on one thing at a time as they do it, or, or whatever. But they want to, you know, they 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 silo things a little bit, and this allows you to do that. It gives you a tool to do that. But yeah. I th I think the 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 audience for that again, I could be wrong. We'll see how it works and how easy it is to set up. I think the audience for that's going to be pretty small. So we'll see. Yeah. So. The other thing now that they have is what they're calling live text. So essentially, anytime you've taken a photograph of anything or anything that has any words in it in your library now becomes searchable and copyable right. and pastable. Um, yeah, that, 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 that's only going to be as good as their interpreter is because sometimes some of those uh, other prints and face types and stuff don't yeah. translate too well. So, yeah. you know, it it's, says it handwritten good or printed. And the and they picked the demos that they pre-tested. Sure. You know? Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It says handwritten or printed. And my guess is, is the printed is probably relatively good and the handwritten is relatively bad. Um, yeah. But, you know, that kind of thing has gotten better and better with, with AI over time. And with the neural engine that's in your devices now, you know, they'll be running that in the background and, and indexing it all. So um, if it helps me find, uh, photos that i'm looking for then i think that's a great thing you know i mean my my photo library has gotten large enough that sometimes you know i have to rely on my memory to go i think that was around 2015 ish and go back to that year and then scroll through and try to find things that are you know and it, it sometimes takes me a while to find stuff and I, if this helps helps that process great yeah. um you're one of those people who every time you visit anywhere that has like signage that talks about where it is you're visiting, you take pictures of the signs. And uh, this could be incredibly helpful for you because you'll be able to zoom right back into that location, right? Yeah, except I'm not traveling anymore. No, but, but it'll, it'll, it's going to go through and index all the photos you've got. So, you know, if you're trying to find pictures of a vacation that you took, you know, in 2014 or something, you know, you'll be able to to uh, and you remember the name of the place you know the the world's largest ball of twine um you know search, search yeah. for twine and you could probably find it if you know how to spell twine right <laughs> right yeah well in fact that's just a search feature that you know where you just regular old type type in your search uh mm -hmm. has enhanced photos immensely <clears throat> right because it can find things by location you know states or uh time sure. And, you know, all the stuff that's stored with it, except that I've got a lot of stuff online that, that doesn't have all that stored, you know, where I scanned in photos and, right. and then, you know, uh, 
Yeah, I have a good mix, too, because I don't take – when I'm on vacation, I, I take a few pictures with my phone. I take most of my pictures with, with my Nikon cameras. And so, yeah, they don't have – they have timestamps, but they don't have geolocation information and that kind of stuff, you know, on them already. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, if, if, if you've been pure and got all that stuff, but, you know, those, those of us that started before any of this stuff, before you, you even had a phone camera, you know, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we we have a legacy stuff that never gets transitioned. Yeah. Yeah. So, hey, um the we just uh, moving on then. I think we've talked sort of about smart photos. They made some enhancements to Apple Wallet, and one of those is that they're going to start trying to uh petition people to accept your ID in your wallet. So you'll be able to scan in your driver's license or or uh, other ID card, and then if you don't have your yeah. wallet with you, you're, you'll have a digital version of that. But my guess yeah. is, is that's I, a I, work in progress that's, yeah. that's just getting started. So I think they're they're a ways away from yeah. having anything useful. Yeah. Uh, probably today, most people would think the the, uh, the most useful might be the one that has your immunizations, but they'll still need recognition from somebody else to say that that's okay, you know, it's yeah. Well, they said they're working with the TSA, uh, in select States at first to put an encrypted copy of your license in your wallet so that you can then use that at security screenings in airports. So that's where they're starting is with the TSA and doing it in certain States and working their way through. You know, I think that ultimately this is the way things are going to be. There's going to be digital IDs, but I, I heard a, a, a developer, uh, say something that made a lot of sense to me. And that is, you know, and this is, you know, there's a certain amount of paranoia in this statement, so I, you know, take it for what it's worth. But do you want to hand a police officer your unlocked phone so that he can look at your ID? No. <laughs> yeah. You know, think twice before you, th you answer that. Right? There's a lot of people who are going, yeah, that's the last thing on earth I want to do because then he can look at whatever he wants. Once I've handed him my phone that's unlocked, he can go do whatever he wants, and if he, you know, and I. And, 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 of course, people say, well, if you're innocent, then why do you care? Do you not believe that there have been people who are completely innocent who are sitting in jail because a case was made against them with evidence that, that pointed one way, but it wasn't, wasn't true? You know, I mean, It's like, yeah, I don't know that I want to hand my yeah. unlocked phone to anybody, you know? Right. But, you know? No. I mean. No. Is all you want is to allow them to look at the screen with a scanner, but right. no, no chance to grab it, you know? Right. Yeah. Or or, you know, I think what they'll do is they'll set this up so that there's some way to access this without locking the phone or or you bring this up in a mode where it's locked to that screen. So, you know, unless you, you then you have to unlock it just like you have to unlock your phone, like you bring it up and then tap a lock button and it that's becomes the screen and you can't go anywhere else unless you unlock it again. Right. Uh, right. Uh, and I'm sure Apple will address that maybe they already have addressed that i haven't looked at the beta yet but the the idea i like i think it's you know obvious that's where we're going to go all this stuff is going to be digital at some point um but the the um reality is right now that you know like any any kind of change that that's going to be a slow change and we're going to find gotchas along the way that they will then have to account for things that nobody anticipated right so they um, uh, they talk about being able to use the um, 
uh, wallet to check into select hotels. And actually, there's some hotels that already allow you to use your phone to check into the hotel. You just have to do it through their app. So now they're going to tie it into a wallet so you can do that. I actually stayed in a hotel up in Sacramento one time where we got to do that, which was yeah, fun. yeah, it was fun. I booked that hotel specifically because I knew they supported oh, the only business people carry specific hotel brand cards with them. You know that somebody's paying expense. No, but there's a them. lot. There's a lot of people who who um, who download the app for the hotels that they're in because they keep points. I mean, business people do it more, but there's a lot of people who do that. Who, who get travel yeah. points and a lot of the hotels are partnered with air pl- airlines and so um you know and in some cases you get uh uh preferred check-in and things like that if you're a member so they they entice you to do it so you know and and having that as a digital card and on your phone instead of a uh, uh a physical card in your pocket makes a lot of sense because i don't want to carry around a bunch of cards that mean nothing to me except for the you know one week out of the year that I'm in their hotel somewhere. So, yeah, you know, Oh, it's, it's a definite trend that yeah. that's the way it'll go. Yeah. But using the phone as a key to unlock the room makes sense too. I mean, you can honestly, you, you know, you can, uh, in, in the way it works with some of them right now is, you know, when you're there to check in, you can, you can click a check in and it knows if you're physically in the, in the space that you're there. And then they'll verify that your room is ready, or they'll actually then say your room will be ready at, and give you a, a time. And, uh, and then when you come back in, you don't even need to go to the front desk. You can just walk up to your room and lock, unlock it and go in. You're there. You know, you've got, it's uh, the front desk. Well, is it, it, superfluous. It, it should detect your, your Apple tag, right? So, <laughs> so yeah. Ultimate. I mean, it's, what I'm saying is, is that, you know, when you right now, when you check into a hotel, you go stand in a line or you go talk to somebody at a counter. Right. And they stand and type on a screen that you don't get to see. And, you know, there's clickety, 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 clickety. And then they come back to you and go, OK, you know, let us scan your, your card and then they take your hand you keys. Well, if you're if all of that's done electronically on your phone, there's no reason to go to a counter. You just, you know, when you check in, it says, here's right. your room number and your room is ready or your room will be ready in 20 minutes or something like that. And you go like, okay, you know, they're going to tell right. you that there doesn't need to be that middleman that you go talk to at a counter somewhere. So, yeah. So we'll see. Yeah, probably, probably the best example of easy entry is getting into a car with your fob in your pocket. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know? and this is getting close to that. It's getting close to that, you know? You still have to take your phone out because it's they're using that um, that uh, uh, you know that contact um, technology they use for Apple Pay basically, um, right? To unlock the the keys and the doors and things like that. But 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 that's all you need is something like that to indicate your presence and you're you got a unique code with it or something you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they did some updates so, to uh, Apple Maps as well. Uh, more yeah. de- a lot more detail in it, but in select cities, they always seem to roll it out in the, like you know the top like eight U.S. cities first, and then it'll slowly eke its way out to the rest of the world, um, and uh, and then additionally, they've now got a thing where you can use your camera to scan around your surroundings in those cities, and then it will tell you. Okay, go walk this way. You know, we know where you're at. Walk this way, which is interesting because I've heard, like, especially in cities like New York, where the buildings are so tall, that you don't get good GPS locationing in in the city. 
and because the buildings block your ability to see the sky and the satellites. And so uh, right. for cities like that, it makes a lot of sense. But that's, you know, how many cities in the U.S. are there like that? You know, there's a few, you know, downtown Chicago, downtown L.A., but well, most the, of L.A. is flat you know, and open. <laughs> you, know. You, know, you know, the thing that I liked about in the de- in the demo uh, on that, they actually showed the guy holding his phone up, you know, so that you so that you were seeing the uh, the image in front of you or wherever you had ah, your phone aimed. Right. And they superimposed the street name right over it. And the little arrow says right this way to whatever street yeah. it was on. Well, that's the, and, the, the, the supposed killer app that's going to come with the eventual glasses, right? So Yeah. So now they're, they're, because, they're testing the technology out and getting it working now, which is, makes sense, you know? I mean... Yeah, who wants to look for a damn street sign when it's, you know, you have to be within a few yards of it to see it, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, this will give you basically a heads-up display telling you walk this way, go this direction, turn here, you know, as you're looking at a camera image of the area you're in, right? And yep. it's f- fully real-time and interactive, which makes a lot of sense. Although I'm not going to walk around with my phone out in front of me at arm's length, you know, telling me go right, go left, go here. I, you know, yeah, I'm, yeah. And while you're paying attention to the phone, somebody comes along and gives you a hammer chop, and your phone falls out of your hand, and they run off with it, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or you step out into a street as a you know bus comes trolling by because you're looking at the arrows on your yeah. screen instead of the world around you. Uh, the idea yeah. of yeah, something like, go ahead. Yeah. That- that's strictly uh, appropriate to to some special glasses, right? I think yeah. this is clearly them using, you know, developing the technology before the glasses are ready for real time. But that that's that's the app that's going to end up on glasses, for sure. Right. Yeah. So so we talked about it a little bit ago about some of the updates to AirPods Pro. One of those was converse, conversation mode, which will allow you to boost the volume of voices of those around you when you're having a face-to-face conversation in a noisy environment. And this is something that I struggle with, and I know you've struggled with for years, and a oh, lot of people yes. do. So this will be actually kind of interesting, where you'll be able to put your AirPods in and use them to block out noise, and then they, along with your phone, will basically beam form on the person across from you or whomever's talking in your area in your conversation and make them come through clearer. Uh, I'm actually very excited to try that out. Yeah, that's that's a step around uh, hearing aids. Yeah. Because yeah. that's the real problem with hearing aids is that environment can just totally defeat them. Yeah. You know, so if, if you can get rid of the environment, yeah, yeah, this is them, you know, Apple saying we basically have the technology to to become a hearing aid if we want to. And uh and there's a lot of people who need some hearing assist in certain environments and so they're going to go do that. And it's just a built-in yeah. feature on the AirPods Pro that we already have, which is very cool. So Well, there's a court there there have been apps of course that allow you to use your uh your uh microphone on your phone as as an input from somebody else so you could hold it up to somebody if you wanted to hear them better you know right yeah they've had that, that for a little that, while but apparently they're enhancing that significantly and doing some 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 uh, well well manipulation it has social, with the sound. it has it, it has social issues with it you know do you dare stick something in front of anybody's face you know that's not <laughs> true true well and there was concerns too that people would like 
excuse themselves to go to the bathroom and then leave their phone sitting there and then listen to the conversation while they're not there. So don't talk about your friends when they get up to step away, right? Um, right. Uh, because uh, they could still be listening, which, you know, I mean, yeah, it, there's certainly social impact to the to the use of technology in lots of different ways, but this is uh, one that has some fairly obvious misuses that you need to be aware of. So, And right. apparently um, the AirPods also are now going to work with the Find My app. So, um, you know, if you happen to... Uh, it basically, it'll be set up so that if you if you start if you if you're not at home and you walk away from them, you'll get notified, which I think is great. Right. That's great. Yes. You know. Yeah, like, that's good. You know, it's it, and if you left them in the car intentionally, that's fine. You can ignore the the warning, but you know, if you're out somewhere in a park and you get up and you start walking away, you're going to head back home. You know, I, I don't want to leave my AirPods sitting on the bench, <laughs> you know, that I, I took out, <laughs> you know, to use for a minute. So I could hear somebody in the noisy environment. So did the other thing, did you notice that they have the find me for the uh, AirPod Pro, but not the AirPod? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if that is, um, uh, you know, a physical difference. I mean, you know, there are physically differences within the AirPods and the AirPods Pro. And so I don't know if it's like there's just some hardware not in the AirPods or, or not or what. But I'm guessing that in an updated version that they will all have the ability to to do that you know yeah they they but they probably will force people to spend money to get to do oh, that yeah and, yeah they're they're, they're going to you know be in an updated version of the of the device but it's not going to be uh you know they can't magically go back and put uh you know the specific chip that they needed uh so anyway so yeah the find my thing i think with the new um uh new airpods will have the hardware that they need to work it uh, to to work with Find My, but the current AirPods, just the plain AirPods, do not have that hardware, and so that's one of those things where you know if they had the hardware there, they would take advantage of it and and update you like they're doing with the AirPods Pro, but they don't in the yeah. regular AirPods. So if you want that, then you'll have to upgrade. Um, yeah, you know, I mean that's just sort of the way the cookie crumbles, right? I mean, you know, the Apple does a lot of like you know if if they think that the hardware, the older hardware, can give you an a a good enough user experience with the new software and new features then they will extend it to as far back as they think they can um you know or or as far as they can you know depending on if the device physically has the appropriate uh sensors and stuff to support that you know like the current um ipad or ios 15 which is the one that they've announced will work uh, all the way back to the iphone 6s which is a five-year-old six-year-old phone you know, yeah. So right. I mean, that's that's pretty good stretch back, and you'll be getting a bunch of new features on a phone that you bought, you know, half a decade ago. Um, right. You know, they didn't really strand much. I think the current OS went back there as well, or, or maybe it went all the way to the six, not just the six S. I don't recall, but uh, yeah. but um, you know, it's it's about the same as the the most uh, as iOS fourteen. And, uh, you know, and that's one of the things I love about Apple in terms of things that they do well is they don't, you know, abandon hardware. You don't have to have this year's phone to run this year's version of the operating system, which has been the case with a lot of Android stuff. You know, and that's the one of my knocks against them is the phone you buy is the phone you're going to have for the entire life you have it. Uh, whereas an Apple right. phone 
keeps getting better over time. You know, it, that's, that's that's what's amazing about it. That's it's been that way from the get go. Yeah, and it makes you it makes you wonder why anyone would want an Android if you could possibly afford even a re, refurbed Apple mm-hmm. phone. It, yeah, if you can buy an so Apple phone, even one up money. to five years old, you can still run the latest version of software and and get new features but i would say if you can get anything inside of that that means it's probably going to get new features for the next couple years you know i think one of the things i want to do i haven't done it is sit down and list all of the updates that have happened say uh since the 6s was was first released so here's the things the 6s did when you got it and here's all the new things that have been added to it the things the features the things that it can do now that it couldn't do when you bought it just to show you you know since that's the oldest phone that'll be supported by 15 Mm-hmm. You know, and just show, yeah. you know, now some of that stuff, people will say, OK, so the OS doesn't get updated, but I don't live in the OS. I live in apps and my apps get updated all the time. And there's some truth to that, too. Right. So, but, you know, I think they both affect the end result. Right. I mean, right. features that are built into the operating system allow apps to do more things. So, um Lastly, they said that spatial audio is coming to both TVOS and the M1-powered Macs, um, and that means that you'll be able to get uh, spatial audio uh, with your um, uh, devices that support that. And, uh, you know, the M1-powered Macs have their own speakers in them, so they'll they'll support spatial audio within that. Um, And I guess from TVOS, they're going to support it through... um, if you have a Dolby 5171 speaker system or if you have AirPods, you can, um, or I'm sorry, HomePods, then you'll get spatial audio through them as well. So, um, yeah. Yep. All, all kinds of new goodies. Yeah. You're they ready also to move said, on to the Mac. They also said Mac. that they're, they're uh, well, on, one last note on that too, with the, with the HomePods, apparently – uh, up until the most recent version of this, the HomePod Minis, you could pair, put them in a, in a stereo pair, but you couldn't put them in a stereo pair as the speaker system for your television, and that will now work. So you'll be able to set them as a speaker system for your television. Um, uh, Certain televisions. So, well, if, if you have Only Apple TV. First. If you have Apple TV, it'll work. I didn't think so. Yeah, Apple TV because they're putting spatial audio directly out of the Apple TV, it'll it'll work. Oh, oh, yes, you're yeah. right. Yeah, only, it's a, only Apple TV. Yeah, all of the HomePods only work if you want to direct them. If you want them to to work with TVs that have the um, the uh, return audio into your Apple TV, then you have the you have to have the newest Apple TV, the newest version of the right. 4K Apple TV that was just announced. Uh, I don't know what a month ago. Uh, it, so you have to have that one. And then it will allow, it will take the audio out of your television and send it to uh, whatever speakers it's been paired to, and it will act as your TV speakers. Um, but that has to do yeah th- that requires TVs that have the uh, what is it uh, HDMI E or E HDMI port uh, that then returns the audio back, and then you'll be able to get everything all your television through those speakers. Um, so. Um, I don't know. I, I I don't know that that's the the best solution for television sound. Anyway, I mean it's fun to play with, but I mean it. You can get a fairly inexpensive sound bar with a subwoofer and probably get as good or better sound 
uh, out of your television. And some TVs have pretty darn good sound out of their TV already. So it's debatable as to whether it's worth the effort to set that up. But, you know, and again, you have to buy the new uh, Apple TV, which is 180 bucks um, for that to work. So. Well, you know, while, while you're on TV, uh, it seems to me that uh, we're at a at a near the end of the life of televisions as you know them. And what I mean is that the, the whole business of transmission media is going to be overtaken by by streaming. Yeah, it already has in a, in a, for a lot of people in a large sense. You know, but it's. Uh, it's going to suddenly happen, I think, here one of these days. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, it's it's certainly getting there in terms of of um, you know subscription services and and apps to watch. You know, all of the different broadcast companies now have apps, and they don't care whether you watch on the app or whether you watch through your cable or satellite provider. You know, they they're like, right. I, don't, I don't care. You know, you just get it however you want to get it, um, as long as we're getting paid. Um, you know, the the idea that that was somehow going to be less expensive than having a subscription to a cable provider has turned out to be a farce, though. Well, uh, well, what I what I think is great about it, it's going to make the. Uh, uh, the television networks basically are going to go away because people uh, won't need them. Well, I don't think don't they're going to go away. What they're going to do is because uh, what what. Networks produce a lot of the um, uh, what you watch. Well, you know, they they also manage the transmission media and the transmission part is going to go away, but they're still going to be there because they're going to be producing content. That's that's true. That's what I meant. Yeah, but you're right. Yeah, that whole wing of of uh, I'm, I'm talking about from a hardware perspective, the way of doing business no longer makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I I think that um, the you know plugging in your television set and watching it you know as a signal that's coming over the airwaves to you is is been gone for quite a while. Most people have some sort of connected version through cable or or satellite already, and yeah. you know and and there are a few people who have switched to like streaming for all of their entertainment stuff. But if they want to watch local news, they watch that over the air. So they still sort of have right. a niche in that sense. Um, right. But, but uh, yeah, we're, there's there's certainly a sea change going on in the world of, of media and entertainment. And, you know, how it all shakes out is going to be interesting in the end. Um, and, you know. and, and, and it turns out that I, I got an app downloaded from a game that I play, a word game, uh, that gives me... So uh, local news better than my local newspaper that I've been subscribing to for just once a week and I can get it online, you know, as well. Mm -hmm. But I said, hey, that's a waste of money. I've got this for free. Yeah. What's the app? They they just wipe. They're just wiped out at least local news media in my area. And if they do that good a job in other places, local news is wiped out. Uh Uh-huh. So what's the app? uh, what's the app? Hey, you're telling us about uh, this app that gives you good local news because that's something that right now, that's why people still watch their local TV news or still subscribe to their newspapers is because that's the best source for local yeah. news. Uh, it's so. it's called Newsbreak. Newsbreak, huh? 
So news does break. Newsbreak create the, uh, their own content, or are they just repackaging stuff from your local newspapers and local news media? Because if that's the case, then they're really not a replacement. They're just a repackager. And if the local news media goes away, then they have nothing which with which to repackage. I, I, I have no understanding of where it comes from. I, I, I suspect I suspect they're a repackager. Yeah, I'm looking here at uh, newsbreak.com. If you go to newsbreak.com, it's it's your local news. Pops up with my my little town here. Yeah. So. And anyway, uh, that that one app that I just well, one day it it, it, it while I was do, in between a little break, I have to see these little ad things, yeah. and. Uh, that one popped up and it shows me what's going on in my own town that day, you know, right on the ad. And, uh, it didn't take me very long to say that's worth looking at. Yeah. And so, uh, so I, I'm, uh, I've been plenty happy with it for local stuff. Yeah. It's interesting. I'm looking at it here and it looks like at least in my area, it's news sources. One of them is our local ABC channel. Uh, one of them uh, and two others are little local weekly newspapers, like little city newspapers that are not like the, you know, the uh, the main paper in, in any town. They're 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 yeah. probably have a, uh, you know, probably have a half dozen people that work there. But that's incredibly localized news. You know, it gives you, uh, you know, what's happening right there. And uh, yeah. that's interesting. So. You know, yet another threat to the newspaper business. Yeah. But it was bound to happen, you know. I mean, there's there's lots of people who will work for very little and and, and write up stories for you of what, what they see, you know. You can be an independent reporter and get a job with these outfits, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, it's there's something a little glitchy about it right now, though. It says click on this to choose your location. I do that, and it dims my screen and doesn't give me anything to pick. So I don't know. Oh. I'll play with it later. But that's interesting. Yeah, I'll take a look at that for local news, you know, because that's something I've I've looked for for a while and thought that there was a need for that is something that, you know, gives you local news without forcing you to, to you know, subscribe to a newspaper that you don't want. Or, you know, I, I actually have a couple yeah. different like news summaries that I have emailed to me every day. Um, uh, yeah. One is just the AP News Associated Press you know, you can sign up for yeah. it for free and you'll get a little like, here's what happened in the last 12 hours or 24 hours or something like that. Anyway, I, so, you know, I, I'm not a long term user of it, but two, three weeks at least. I, I don't know when I got it, but. Uh huh. So. Yeah. Well, like I said, it's it's available as a web page yeah. too. That's interesting to me. Um, so, yeah. I just need okay. to uh, set some locations on it, figure out how to do that, and I'll play with it a little bit more. Um, so going back to WWDC announcements, um, iPad OS, there are some things unique to iPad OS that they brought up. One of those is, uh, getting home screen widgets, something that's been on the, uh, iOS, uh, for a while, yeah. but never was really, which didn't make sense. You know, the iPad is a much bigger piece of real estate. Why weren't we allowed to put widgets there? And now we finally are. I still think the you know like the 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 grid of icons on the on the desktop for um, uh, iPad OS, I wish that was more customizable. There's 
too much space between the I would like to tighten up and put more icons on the page and have less pages, you know. Yeah. And and there's like gaps between the icons are huge. And the you know, change the size of the icons, you should be able to scale them up or down. You know, some people need a larger one cuz they need a larger click area. Uh you know, there are people who are physically challenged and, and it's hard to hit just that spot. And other people who want it smaller because they want to put more stuff on their page. And I think they should allow that kind of customization. But, uh, you know, within a range, obviously, they don't want you to make it so small that you can't tap. Yeah, my my, my personal preference is I've never liked just the icon with a little label. I'd, I'd rather have the icon be real small if you really have to have one and then, then have a, uh, a big label. Uh, <laughs> a couple couple words that you know that tells you what you got there. Yeah, yeah. I actually liked um, of of all things. Remember when Windows Phone came out? I thought that was a better interface because all the squares basically it used every inch of space on the screen. Everything was butted up. There was no space in between them. Each square or each That's right. app was a was a square, and you know they were laid out in a grid, and some were double wide, and some were single wide. But they were uh, they were dynamic. Each little square could give you information, updated information about what was going on with that app. If it was running in the background, you could have a clock that was you know you could see the time on, and you could have something that scrolled news yeah. by, and you could have the weather, and you could have you know a variety of things on there, and they were updated automatically. You know, and and so I didn't even have to unlock the phone. I could just look down at it and get some information about what's going on. And the idea that that uh, that, you know, doing that, that that active um, interface just made more sense to me and less wasted space. Um, but, uh, you know, that one didn't take off. So say la vie. Uh, yeah. But I thought it was a I thought it was a better solution. And I'm surprised that somebody hasn't gone back to Microsoft and said, hey, you know, we want to do something like that interface here. Can we, you know, pay you a fee or, or buy that the that that uh, uh, intellectual property from you? Because I'm sure that's all, you know, patented and copyrighted every which way, from, but but, you know, loose to, to protect that look. But yeah. I, th I thought it was a good idea. So, um the app library is also coming from iOS to iPadOS, so uh, you can put uh, you can you can decide that you can hide app screens, and so you can have like your front screen and then uh, and, and front two screens or whatever, and then have your app library behind that, which is everything organized by Apple for you. Um, let's. Well, see. they're going to put that the the access to that library though being clear at the back of the of the pages. They're going to put a button on the bottom. So it's it's always there. You say go to the library. Right. Well, and there also and and you can also go and hide other pages. So instead of flipping right. through seven pages to get to the library at the back, if you you know, it, it, instead of trying to find your app that way or flipping through to get to it, you can hide all but the first two pages, which are the apps that you use, and and so it'll you know only ha show you three pages at any given point in time, which I think makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, I agree with you. There's just a lot of empty space that's got a little bit of a background peeping through it that means nothing. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it's, it's just inefficient. Yeah. I think they use the space on the screen, the grid array, incredibly poorly. And and that's 
something that needs to be addressed. And quite honestly, I was a little disappointed, too. I really had hoped. I didn't know that they would do it, and obviously they didn't. But I had really hoped that they were going to say, if you have one of the new Mac Pros and it's attached to the smart keyboard, that a button shows up and you push that button and your iPad flips over and becomes a Mac. And then you've got, you know, because they've got all the exact same hardware that's in the Mac laptops. And when you have it attached to their smart keyboard, you've got a keyboard with a trackpad. It's it's essentially a Mac. So when you're using it in that mode, you have the option of being either a Mac or a an iPad. And, you know, they didn't do that. And that, that was disappointing to me. If they had done that, I would have immediately started putting my pennies in a jar to save up and get myself one of the new Mac Pros. Yeah. Because to me, that would have been the perfect device because then I've got this wonderful iPad that does everything I want it to do. But when I need a Mac, all I have to do is, is uh, you know, click it onto the keyboard and push a button. <laughs> well, they know that lots of folks have been out there salivating about that for five to ten years already. Yeah. And and they're going to they're going to get another five years out of it. Oh, I don't think it'll take that long. But but they're pretty insistent that, you know, the two are separate. Yeah, they're they're taking their their time and because they want to see how far they can go with the iPad to do a lot of things in a right. better way. Yeah. You know? Well, and the thing is, is and I and I think this is the 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 complaint that a lot of people have in certainly I do is that it's a different way. It isn't always a better way. There are things that take, you know, two or three uh, taps and menus to get done on an iPad that are like one click on a Mac. And that's not a better way, you know. And, yeah, if you grew up using your iPhone and then you switch to an iPad and you've never used a desktop computer very much, then that seems very natural and easy to you. It's still not a better way, you know, when you have to to do multiple steps to get something done that you could do with one step somewhere else. It's just, you know, there are certain environments that are better for certain things, you know. Um, to this day, I you know I mean they're they certainly have them. They've got spreadsheet apps available on you know multiple spreadsheet apps available on on uh, iOS, and I've used them. I've used you know Google's spreadsheet. I've used Excel. I've used Apple's spreadsheet. None of them work as well as as the versions that work on a Mac. Something about spreadsheets just work better having a, a mouse to click into a spot, and 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 a full a real keyboard. Now. You know, it is a little nice to, 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 you know, when you click in a spot where you want to put in numbers that it gives you just a number pad on the screen. It automatically, you know, the keyboard changes, and that's an advantage of having keyboards on a screen. Uh, but let's face it, anybody who deals with numbers very much is going to use a keyboard with a, with a 10 key on it anyway, and that's what they need. That's, what, that, that's always going to be better than tapping on a screen. You know, it's fine. Yeah. Fine if you need a little bit. I heard something go bong. Is that an alarm? That's my alarm clock. It, it, it rings at noon. I, have, yep. I Don't you like my bell? No. That's, that's a beautiful bell sound. <laughs> I love it. Bong. <laughs> it go, go, goes at, th- at 9 a.m., noon, 3 p.m., 6 p.m., and 9 p.m. Yeah. I've decided I don't need to know what time it is unless I choose to look, so I don't have alarms going off. Unless, <laughs> it, unless it's something that's reminding me that, like, every day on, you know, or every Tuesday at this time, uh, like I had an alarm at about 15 minutes before we uh, we start working together that says, hey, you know, don't forget. And it gives me 15 minutes to get myself together and get ready to record. 
So uh, let's see, what else is going on there? Uh, new multitasking menu. This looked very interesting to me because I have tried to do multitasking on iPad OS, and I can't tell you how frustrating it is sometimes when you try to bring up a window to do something, and then I can't get rid of the window. There's no way to kill it. I can't drag it off to the side. Uh, then suddenly I'll do something, and, and now instead of having a window over the top of a window, I have a split window. Now, once I have a split window, at least I can take the middle and drag it to the to one side and erase a window. But it's just the whole windowing system right. as it as it exists today is a mess. It is so not intuitive, uh, and and well, you know. Well, the problem I'm trying problem is it's too, <laughs> it's it's too easy to create and hard to get rid of. Exactly. You, you can touch you can touch touch a picture and suddenly you got a window. Right. You know? Yeah. It's really frustrating. And then you then you can spend ten minutes trying to get rid of that stupid window. It's just it's annoying. Um, you know, and then sometimes when you 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 close the app and you open the app back up and it brings back the other window. It's like now it's it saved that view of the window, um, and it seems like this new multitasking menu that they've created will simplify that. And I'm hoping that that's the case that you'll be able to um, uh, more easily create you know shared spaces uh, that are you know multitasking spaces. And, and more easily delete them. But time will tell how that actually plays out, too. But if they can surface the way to do that better, because right now it's maddening, absolutely maddening, you know. And, and yeah. you know, neither of us are, are novices to technology. If, if I and, – and I've had an iPad since the very first iPad was ever released. I mean, I, you know, I, and, and use mine almost every day. If I can't figure out how to do it, you know, if I'm wasting time trying to figure out how to get rid of this window so that I can, you know, and having to look it up online and do searches to figure out how do I get rid of this piece of crap? It's in my way. I can't get rid of it. Um, you know, I, I imagine that most of the world's the same way. And in fact, I think there's a lot of people who would just soon say, turn that off because I don't want to get stuck that way. You know, I, I most people use it, you know, like imagine, uh, you know, my mom, your wife sitting there reading her book and she gets a, a, a browser window suddenly now popped up over the top of that um, yeah. on one side. She doesn't want that. And how do you get rid of it? No. I, co I couldn't tell her how to get rid of it because I literally spent uh, a, you know, an hour trying to get rid of a stupid thing and, and ended up closing all my apps, <laughs> almost reset the stupid <laughs> device because I couldn't figure out how to get rid of it. It would, every time I would call up that app again, it would come up with a browser window over one side of it. And I couldn't get it to go away. And I couldn't drag it off the edge of the screen. And I couldn't delete it or shrink it or do anything with it. I just, it was there. It yeah. was so annoying. So annoying. So hopefully, 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 fingers crossed, this multitasking menu will solve some of that. So. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> so the uh. Notes app is becoming more... Um, uh, a a shared type of document you can share a notes app with somebody and then you can go uh you can at mention them so you go at and their name and then uh that will is somehow gets their attention on a change or a highlight when they come back they look at the shared doc i'm not quite sure how that's supposed to work i don't remember even seeing that one demoed so we'll have to see what that means um so and I, I don't know about you. I mean, I, I share like photos and stuff. I don't know that I've ever shared a notes app with somebody. Um, 
Well, it's not the app you share. It's a page or something out of your notes. Oh, yeah, I, obviously, yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. I've just never done any any um, sharing of anything I've put in my notes app with somebody. Um, oh, I, I, I do that all the time because mm -hmm. I, li I like to organize things on notes pages, and then I will share them when I've got the whole picture together. Because uh -huh. sometimes I want to put a photo, some text in there. I've right. even put maps in there, you know. Yeah. Uh, that's that's how I compose something for, you know, that's a little more complex. Because yeah, I, I hate to do it. I, I have lost more stuff, Todd, by being in the mail app and having something go wrong and it quits and I lose the whole effort I've been working on for 30 minutes, you know. Right. And so I refuse to do anything in the mail app of any consequence. Uh -huh. So if, if I'm going to transmit something, you know, it's it's going to be pre-composed in an app that I can trust that I don't lose stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, it's interesting that you find that the notes app is more reliable than the than the mail app. In that sense, you know, I mean, an app. Well, an app, I do. Right? But you found that the notes app I, is more I, reliable. Oh, definitely. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I yeah, I have tons of stuff in my notes app it's it's mm. just growing like leaps and bounds yeah well i have lots of stuff in my notes app i use it a lot for a lot of different things um i've just never thought to take a a note and say share it with somebody i guess i could i just don't think of it as a you know like an on a, a sort of an online or shared app i just it's not occurred to me to do that um, yeah the, the only the only thing it lacks that i that i wish would be fixed is I like to create links with my own name, not the link name. Uh -huh. You know what I'm saying? A meaningful yeah, so you, label. You type it. You type a meaningful label, and then you highlight it and say, "Now make this a link," and then yeah. you put the link. Yeah, yeah, because you can but do that. Create, in, you can do that in in email. Yeah, I, you, you can't do that in notes. Huh. I, I I usually go to pages or something like that, and do create those pages of my links and then uh, make a PDF or something. And I put into notes if it's something I want to, you know, be a part of that. But um, I, I love links, but I, but I want them to be my own named link, not some bunch of crap that nobody can read. Right. Yeah. And that makes sense. You know, I mean, I, I agree with you. I like to do that too. If I'm going to, uh, uh, um, you know, share a link to somewhere. I don't want it to be HTTPS, you know, colon, right. double slash, right. blah, 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 blah. I want to say, you know, to follow up on that, click here. And then I select the word here and make that the link and then hide all that other garbage so that they can then just go right. there. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Um, I wonder... If they're going to add that capability, because you're right, that that would be handy. And in a lot of apps, you can do that. You can take any any piece of text and turn it into a hyperlink. And that's really yeah. what you want. You know, that's, it, that's, a, that's the a, promise that's a of, of HTML, right? <laughs> right. Yep. So that that's sort of uh, fourth dimensional type of, uh, of a pro capability it, it, it adds so much to what you've got in fact that's that's the real beauty of the internet the, the, the linking system that created the internet was just ingenious i but but 
it's been degraded to my in my opinion to too many people using the the dang language of the link rather than meaningful labels you know people don't know how to use it right yeah yeah you just get this this terrible uh um long see, html was, url right it, okay so i yeah, just see sent you i just sent you a uh let's see oh that's terrible so i thought i just shared with you how do i share the doc oh wait a minute here's how i'm gonna do it never mind let's go share this doc and i'm sharing a document uh, a text uh, a uh, a notes link with you ignore the one that just got sent that was an error uh Oh, I, I couldn't figure out why you sent that. So yeah, that anyway, was a, that was an error. What I ended up doing was sending you like a version of the uh, there. Okay, there's the shared note. Open up that shared note okay. and click on the word "and." Uh, this, that, and and the other in notes. Todd right. shared this note, and and you want me to say open it. Open it up and then click on the word and. So this, that, and the other. Click on and. I just embedded oh. a, an HTML link in that word. Okay. Yeah, and it brought me to that other page. And it brought you, you to the... Me. Right, which is just... The, I just co copied a URL that was handy. It was on my screen, so I, I copied it. Okay. I got you. So, but what you see is this, that, and the other, right? Right. Now, what you did when you sent me this, uh, it's now print typing stuff. So that is a hyper, this, that, and the other link. Are you right. typing that in I now? just Yeah, I just typed in, so that is a hyperlink, right? What we were just talking about that we said it couldn't do, I just did. I turned the word in and the into a hyperlink. I understand that, but what I'm saying is that that page that has and in it, this, that, and the other, is in uh -huh. the title format, and below it, something had, it got typed in live. It I like. typed that so, in. I typed that in. I'm just talk I typed that in. The point I'm trying to make is we were saying that you couldn't make a word a hyperlink in notes, and I just did it. The word and is a hyperlink. You don't see an ugly URL there, do you? You just see the word and. And yet it took you to a page. How did you make it a hyperlink? Okay. So I selected it. So I select the word. So I double click on like the word hyper. Okay. I went to the file menu. Uh, no. To the edit menu. And I went to add link or command K. And then it brings up a little box and says put the link de destination in here. And so then I put the URL in there and say okay. And it made it. I. I don't understand what you just said. I'll have to read it and try it. Okay. I you, just used, clicked... you, used, you used files, you said, to do no, what? No, 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 no. I'm in notes. I didn't say I used files. I said I went to the file menu, but that was wrong. I, I misspoke. Okay, so I'm in notes. I type a word. I'm just going to type a word. You look at the screen. Uh, I'm typing the word word, all caps, right? You see it? In the note? No, I don't. 
Okay, I see the I see the word. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to select the First, word. So I double wait, clicked on wait, the word. Wait, wait a minute. Uh, I'm looking at your note live. Right. Correct. How's that? How how did that happen? I shared the note with you. You shared it. Yeah. You can share a note oh. with somebody. We just talked about that, and I had never done it before. Remember, I said I never shared notes, and you said, "Oh, I do it all the time." Apparently, I didn't you... know that. I didn't know that's what you meant by shared. You went to the triple dot little thing up here and said, "Share a note," or, or where? Uh, is well, it? I'm I'm on my Mac, so I don't have any triple dots. I have a little icon that shows a little like head with a check mark next to it, and it says "shared note" or "share this note" or "manage shared notes." Uh, just a minute here. I'm looking at stuff on the iPad. I can take a picture. I can make a checkbox out of it. I can say people. Uh, I can let people sh share it, I guess. Here, other people Todd Brinker invited will have access to this note, it tells me. So right. you and I are sharing this note that you're on right now. Correct. And it says highlight all changes and hide or hide alerts so I can turn on. Yep. Now, there's a place here to activate. I'm going to go to the other icon is I can activate my pencil and I can create another note, but I don't have anything that says share a note. Okay, hold on. I'm in um I I did it from the Mac. So let me go into uh Oops. Okay, so I'm um I don't know what you're talking about. I, I I literally can click on something and say share options and people I can invite. So when you click on that little icon that has the little uh head with the check mark on it, you see me as the owner and you as somebody who's been shared, and then highlight changes and hide alerts. Underneath that is shared options, right? Uh just a minute. Underneath that is copy link. Okay. Well, maybe because I'm the one who uh, I'm the owner, I'm the only one who can invite or or uninvite uninvite people. Oh, is that what it is? Maybe I don't know. But that's oh, a separate. It says, I'm sorry. Oh, it says uh, there's a note under it. it. Says that only people Todd Brinker invited will have access to this note. Okay, so only I can, I can invite I can, people. I can copy the link, but I don't know what I can do with it. But the link to you, I guess, is what it is, right? But if I, I gave know. it to somebody else, I, yeah. I don't know what to copy the link. I, I I don't know what that means in terms of like copy the link. I don't know what they're are they they're not. I assume they're not talking about the hyperlink that I put in the page. They're talking about a link to the page. So you can okay. You're Okay, now what I learned what I learned here is you're telling me that on the Mac only, at least at this point, you can now share notes in the sense that they're live shares. They're not sent shares. Like a, sharing in general means to me either I I send you a message or I send you a text or a you know a mail. You know, uh, that that's the different kind of sharing than this is. I don't think so. I think I can do that with this. Um, this is this is real time sharing, like online sharing a file and editing in it, and you, and you can both see it, and yeah. you can see each other's changes. That's what this is like. That's yes. not 
that's not the normal sharing, which just means I push a share button and it pops up a menu of different ways to share, you know, mail, message, blah, blah. Yeah, I just sent you a a new text that I created on an iPad that I'm sharing with you. A new text you sent me. I, I, I sent, yeah, look at your, your message app. You'll see a new one that says new text uh, notes. So I shared another note with you, one that I created on my iPad. What did you do to create one on an iPad? I created a note and I went to the share menu and said share. Typed in your email address and hit what send. What share menu? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What share menu? The one that we just talked about. The one with the little icon with the dude. With a guy in it. Yeah, well, it's a little, you know, lollipop head. Yeah, okay. I'm I'm back from here and I'll touch that button. And Oh, because I'm in a shared note, I can't. Get, I got to go somewhere where I don't have that shared thing. Uh, I'll just go here and touch. No, I, now I don't have the head. He's not on the menu. Here. here are the three dots. Oh, I can go to a three dot thing. Uh, lock. Oh, there it says share note. Okay. I didn't see that before. Share a note. Okay. Okay, share this note with others, and everyone will see the latest changes. Okay, how about that? That is a new new capability in my mind. I just never used it before anyway. But that's not the sharing. This says choose how you'd like to send your invitation, either mail, message. Now, right. that sounds like a normal thing. It just it's says, just sharing a whatever. link. But, but what it's doing is it's creating a shared document so that we could both edit on it. And that's... You know, and, and when you share it, you have the option of saying the person can just view it or they can have edit uh, rights on it. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Okay. Now, now on this shared note page, uh, it, the only buttons I can push are messages, mail, flipbook, documentation, blah, blah, blah. You sent you said to send it to notes, I guess. I didn't say. Is that what said, you said? No, I, I created the document in notes, and I and I and I texted you the link. You texted me the link. Yeah, you were in the messages app when you clicked on the link to open the document. That's where I'm sending it. Oh, so you said copy link? How you'd like to send your invitation? Copy no, link? No, no, I didn't. I clicked on. I clicked, uh, let me go create a new note. I'll tell you exactly what I clicked on. All right, new note. Uh, I'm just typing in garbage here. All right, now I'm going to share this note. I go to share note, and under share note, one the very first option is messages. Choose how you'd like to send your invitation. I clicked on messages. I could have done mail or Gmail or whatever I wanted. Yeah, but you, but you said messages, and it came up in my notes. Right. I shared a link to that note. I, I sent you a message that was a link to a note. Just like you can send a message that is a link to an HTML page in the browser, you can send a link to a note. I got you. Okay. It's a link to a note. That's, that's what the message really is. So I haven't gone to messages to see anything. 
I didn't have to. It, I was in messages, I guess. Maybe that's why I, I saw it pop up. Yeah. Now, what I don't hmm. understand is from the Mac, I haven't figured out how to do it on the, uh, on the iPad yet. On the Mac, I can select a word. Then I can go to the edit menu, and I can say add link, and it will turn that word into a hyperlink to whatever URL I want. I don't see how to do that on the iPad. Hmm. Okay. I, anyway, I went back to messages and I found your new text. I forgot that's where I'd got it originally. It. I got the link to the notes, the, to the note that you just created. Right. New text. This is shared. And, right. and you're, you're in agreement that there's a, the only way you can create create a hyperlink in notes is with the o, uh, OS, not the iOS. With Mac OS. So far, that's I, I will say, I, I'm in agreement that that's all I have discovered. That doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. I just haven't figured it out yet. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, but it's, okay. it's weird because well, the, hyper, the hyperlink clearly works if, um, if you've created it. Yeah. But I don't understand how come I can't create it with on, without, you know, in the iPad. But maybe you can't. Yeah. Maybe maybe the version notes on the iPad doesn't allow you to do that. Uh, by the way, I, I have I'm just curious if I take your new note now, your new text thing here, and I select everything in here and press delete. Will it delete everything from you? Yeah, that's a shared document, so you you will have deleted it. Go ahead and do it. I did. Yep, gone. Huh. Notes, new note, it says. Oh, did you send it again? I, you, you deleted all the text, and so I just went in there and with a pen and did a, a, a squiggle. Do you see that? Uh, yeah, I see a little, uh, well. I just drew with a pencil. Well, I, in the, uh, I don't know how to say it, this pull-out thing. It still says new note, this is shared, but then there's nothing in it. When I go to the page, uh, oh, oh, now there is. Now I see you've written on it. Okay. Yeah, yeah I just drew a doodle. So, so yeah, yeah, that is a fully shared uh, space. I mean, there's a little bit of a time lag, but there's that's a fully shared document. Yeah, it's a pretty terrible lag, really. <laughs> yeah. Because it took a while for that to get here. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, that was that was fun, and I learned something. Yeah. Uh, I, I I'm disappointed that I have to be in a Mac in order to make the link, though. Well, again, give give it time. Um, we may it may not be something. It, it may be a limitation. It may be something that we. Um, just haven't figured out how to do yet. Yeah. Okay. Well, I. Uh... <laughs> so we took a long segue around to get to that. So iPad OS yeah, doesn't have all of the same functionality that it that uh, Notes on iPad OS does not have all the same functionality as Notes on Mac OS, as far as we can tell. Uh, we'll do a little more investigating on that, but. Um, it does 
allow you to the you can create hyperlinks if you use your Mac, which is valuable, as we both agreed. Um, yeah. You know, and obviously you can share notes with somebody, um, and you know you you may have a hard time communicating to each other what the hell you're doing, but we can share notes with somebody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh yeah yeah so um apparently there's now going to be a system-wide text translation option um so that you will be able to uh do like uh real-time text translation with people in conversations uh on ios and i thought this was a big one although we'll see how it actually plays out Swift Playgrounds will now let you build apps on the iPad and submit them to the App Store. Yeah, I saw that. Now, that is a limited. It's only using Swift UI, so you can't use some of the other interface tools that people are used to using. Swift UI is fairly new. Um, uh, so we'll see uh, you know, how, how that actually works. But, you know, that, that old uh, metaphor that they used to be about, well, Macs are trucks and, and, and iOS devices are, are the cars that most people use. Maybe they're realizing that most people don't want cars or trucks. They want SUVs. And so they're going to try to create the SUV uh, with the iPad, right? So it does a little of both. Uh, so that's interesting. Did you say, did you say MTV? SUVs. SUV. Yeah, like... I was joking about the fact that they had said that, you know, Macs are like trucks and that the iOS devices oh, are like oh. cars. Remember that Apple has said that in the past? Oh, I got you. And you I, need both. Oh, okay. I'm, and, and so what I was okay. saying is, yeah, but if you look at the world, almost everybody has said we don't want ca cars or trucks. What we want is SUVs. SUVs, and so, right. And so maybe <laughs> maybe by by uh, advancing iPad OS a little bit more, it will become the SUV. So your phone is your car, your yeah. Mac is your truck, and your iPad is your SUV. <laughs> yep, yep. Okay, I, I, I missed the key right uh, reference there. Back to Jobs. Missed my joke, man. Um, yeah. Now, you think you think about yeah. it though. You know, um, I have read that Apple had created the iPad first. That they actually had the iPad as the working uh, device. Before, and that, the, before bef the phone, yeah. Before the phone. And that they then, after looking at it, decided that the phone was a more important device to launch. And so they launched the phone right. first. And I think that was a genius call because clearly the phone has been a runaway success and turned the company into a multi-trillion dollar company. Um, right. But I wonder if, you know, over time, the iPad isn't going to become the more important device for a lot of people, you know? As we move more and well, more smart, it, you know, it has it has already for me, right? And that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I think you're you're maybe on the vanguard of that. In that, um, you know, the phone. I mean, for a lot of people, you, you know, you're retired, so you're not out working around any, you know, in the world anymore. Uh, for a lot of people, they carry their phone with them everywhere, right? So they, that's important. But I think as we move more and more smarts into our watch and into our smart glasses that are coming. Um, there's going to be less and less need for the phone itself, but that the iPad now will become that device that, that does all those things that, that you can't do with your smart glasses and your watch. And, you know. Well, there will always, there will always be uh, a need for a device uh, no bigger than the phone. Yeah. In fact, I think, 
I think the phone of the future actually gets smaller. I agree. I think you there's al- there's already been some pushback on jumbo phones and people going, uh, you know, I want something smaller and easier to keep in my pocket. And, you know, although that's yeah. in the U.S. In a lot of places around the world, somebody's phone is their only computer. And so the, the bigger screen makes more sense for them. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. And in fact, in some places in the world, phones are the size of iPad minis in some cases. You know, they, they want that slightly bigger screen. So. Well, when, when you have eyesight issues, uh, you know, uh-huh. which uh, a lot of elderly do, and uh-huh. other people have them even when they're young, yeah. uh, the, phone, the phone becomes a, a fairly limited device. Yeah, I, I mean, without my glasses on, I have a hard time reading stuff on my phone. You know, and I'm, I'm, you know, I guess I'm elderly to a 20 year old, but I'm, I don't, you know, most people wouldn't, wouldn't call me elderly at this point yet. Um, <laughs> but I certainly you have eyes. You, you know. just can't admit it, Todd. Yeah, that's you probably just can't it. Admit it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, what's yeah. young and what's old is always relevant to how old you are, right? <laughs> right. Uh, the um, I, I told you about my embarrassing story of trying to get back from Europe. Uh, uh, between terminals because I was too stupid to admit that I had uh, messed up my feet and couldn't walk anymore and it happened so suddenly that my my macho brain said yeah I can do this you know <laughs> yeah and, no and problem as the, as, the, as the cart transporting people people through the airport went right by me you know and I'm yeah. struggling like a fool you know yeah. anyway that 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 happens to people yeah oh yeah <laughs> Yeah, you know, but it, it those it's those kind of things where you finally then it forces you to kind of recognize where you're at and what's really going on, right? Too, with yourself. Yeah. You know, it, we we right. we're, we're you know we're, we we see everybody else's uh, you know issues, but we tend to be very um, blind to our own sometimes. Uh, yep. You know, and the and the and the honest fact is is that once you understood and accepted some of what you know what you were able to do and not able to do then, you know, your quality of life has gone up because now you've said, okay, well, I, you know, I've got some assistive devices that will help me do the things that I want to do and, and I don't have to, you know, be limited. Yeah. Uh, you know, whereas... That's a hard pill to swallow, though, you know what? Yeah, yeah. No, a lot, it is... A lot harder than you think, you know. You can talk about it and it sounds, oh, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. But, but when it happens, it's different. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I imagine. I imagine, so... Um, Let's quickly go through a few other things that they talked about. They talked about some security updates. Oh, I think this is an important one. Um, the series speech recognition will start happening on device, keeping the audio recordings of Apple's servers uh, off of Apple servers. So unlike uh, the Google and the um, uh, uh, Amazon devices where you you talk to them and the sound goes out across the Internet and comes back, Siri's going to do it on device now which means that it should be much more responsive, which I think is a good thing because they've been ter- – if you compare uh, Siri to Google and or uh, Amazon's uh, voice-driven devices, they are incredibly slow. You ask a question and then you can drum your fingers waiting for a response, whereas the other, you know, the other two are much more responsive. I don't know what it is about their technology but the, you because know, they are over the Internet. But their over-the-internet technology was much, much quicker than, than Apple's, and uh, so hopefully this will help that that Apple will become much quicker and more responsive. And I like the idea that then, you know, it's 
it's not leaving the device, right? It's not going out across the yeah. Internet. Right. Yeah. Now, part of uh, part of what I had heard in the past is the reason that Apple is slower is because they encrypt it before they send it out and decrypt it when it comes back because they they uh, care right. about your security. Whereas everything from the other two is just sent raw and in the open across the internet. So, probably had something to do with it. Yeah. Encryption encryption takes time. Yeah. And this one's interesting too. Recovery contacts. For your iCloud account, you'll be able to set up uh, uh, friends or family members who can get into your iCloud account and unlock it if you somehow get locked out. You'll be able to pick a legacy contact uh, or one or more that can also request the data should you pass away. So anything that you have in your account doesn't get locked and lost, you know, when you're not there. So, you know, if you've got uh, financial information or insurance information or anything like that, you know, in your system. Uh, this way you can you can leave it so your spouse can get to it, which I think that's you know that's good good for them for thinking about all that stuff. Um, yeah, it's it's almost shocking that they hadn't thought of it already, or I'm sure they probably thought of it, they just hadn't gotten around to it yet. But um, but yeah, yeah, I'm glad glad to see them adding that in, and and you know there you hear these stories about people like forgetting their password and then they can't get into their device and it's basically bricked and they take it to Apple. Apple says. We can't help you. It's all encrypted. We, you know, so now you can well, you can set up somebody who you can then tag, and they'll get notification and they can remotely unlock it for you. Well, I, I told you of a friend that happened to the VA set up his device for him. Mm-hmm. Okay, ever after when when we didn't realize uh, that uh, what the situation was, we could not get the information because the phone number that they had to uh, uh, to back up was not not one that uh, my friend had. It it belonged to the VA. Uh-huh. They could ring them, them all day and they weren't going to answer or whatever. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so they set it up with their own phone number instead of his. Yeah, so and basically, so he has a perfect. He he has a what would have been a perfectly good fifth, you know twelve inch uh, iPad Pro. It's about the same model that I have now. Uh, maybe a. Maybe it's a year newer. I don't remember, but but it's, it's completely bricked. bricked. Yeah, completely bricked. Yeah, but but being a government agency, he just had to go say, "I need you know this thing doesn't work," and so they gave him another one. Well, you good, know? but they created the problem he, and wasted a thousand dollars. Yeah, and, and, well, and, and they lost his information. Yeah. You know? Yep. No, that's that's uh, frustrating. Incredibly frustrating. They, so. the, 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 the VA should never be setting up someone else's device for them if, if they're going to give it to them. You yeah. know? Give it to them and, and send them to Apple and let Apple set it up for you if you don't know how to do it yourself. Yeah. Quite frankly, it walks you right through it. You don't need any help. Any, you know, I understand some people are intimidated by technology, but if you turn it on, it, it, walks, it, it walks you right through the process. So you don't need any help. You really don't. Um, Right. Yeah. Thanks for joining us on Generation Tech this week. Uh, We will see you again, or we we will be broadcasting again next Monday. Have a wonderful day.